This is episode number 919 with pop star and R&B singer JoJo. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Walt Disney said, first think, second dream, third believe, and finally dare. I am excited about this one because I've been a fan of JoJo since back in the day when she released her first album in 2004 called JoJo. And her big single, Leave Get Out, was number one on the U.S. Billboard pop charts And I was an instant fan. She had so much energy, passion, charisma, and she was magnetic at such a young age. She went on to do movies like Aquamarine and RV with Robin Williams, TV shows like Hawaii Five-0 and Lethal Weapon, and has done some amazing things over the years. And in this episode, I really wanted to dive in and talk about her entire transformation because she became so big out of the gate. She was huge for five years, and then she had some challenges and some struggles, and then she's come back, and I'm just so excited to talk about this with you. I'm so excited for you to hear this message and this story because sometimes we can make it big, and then things happen, and we'll take a fall, we'll come back, we'll grow, we'll learn, we'll develop, and you know, it's just life's journey. And in this episode, we talk about what it was like growing up in the public eye and being so famous as a young girl and as a teenager, her past struggles with record labels and how she overcame those challenges, the power of owning your story and the ability to change it at any point in your life and not be stuck to some story from the past that is hurting you. Also, advice that JoJo has for young girls and women growing up in social media with constant comparison and other challenges. And as a very special treat, I asked JoJo to sing a few answers to some of my questions. And I think you're going to love her singing. So I really hope you enjoy this. Make sure to share this with a friend, lewishouse.com slash 919. You can text to someone, you can post it on social media, and I'm sure JoJo would love to see that you're listening to this or watching this as well. So make sure to tag JoJo over on Instagram so she can see that you're connecting and watching this as well. All right, guys, I'm super excited about this. I've been following JoJo for a long time, but I've been following her on social media for the last year and a half, and I really love her message and what she's creating with her life. So without further ado, let me introduce to you the one and only JoJo. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone if you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format helps you learn at your own pace and fit earning a degree into your life. From before you enroll to after you graduate, you'll be supported by people who are invested in your success. 
so you can pursue your goals, knowing that help is available if you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Okay, quick math. The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks head to netsuite.com slash greatness netsuite.com slash greatness again head to netsuite.com slash greatness all right welcome back to morning school of greatness podcast we have the inspirational and iconic jojo in the house <gasps> So glad you're here. I'm so happy to be here. We've been connected on Instagram for I don't know, probably a year or two, mm-hmm. at least. And uh, Billy Jean connected us. And uh, one of my besties in the world. One of your besties, a guy that I've been getting close with over the last three years. Good guy. And we're finally here. So I'm super excited. I'm so excited because I've been subscribed to this podcast for a long time, and I just I love all the little jewels of inspiration and, and wisdom that I get from not only you but the guests you have on, and it's just. It's so delicious to me. It's soul food. Soul food. That's mm-hmm. what it's about. I'm so excited. Do you listen to a lot of podcasts? I do. I love yeah. podcasts. Whether I'm working out or I'm getting ready or I'm driving. And I love sharing them with my friends and family. It's, yeah. it's awesome. Now, you have an amazing story. And you remind me a little bit of Leanne Rimes. Okay. When I had Leanne on, she talked about how when she was a teenager, she became so world famous pre-social media. Yeah. And this kind of happened to you as well. You were, you know, a young teen that was a superstar before social media. If there was social media then, where do you think your life would be if it was like not only all over the press, but then all over everyone's social media channels? Oh, well, when I came out, MySpace is really where we launched true. my, God, my music. So MySpace was like a huge, huge. deal for, for me and connecting with my fans. But... Um, I mean, I think now, if you're just first coming out, you have to really take advantage of all the different platforms. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you have to. It's it's fun. But you just kind of have to be more more spread out. Yeah. Where I didn't really have to You had do one that platform there. You yeah. just have MySpace. Yeah, so into Pre-Facebook, pre-all that stuff. Yeah, people were on Facebook, but it was college kids. Yeah. And I wasn't a college kid. I right. You couldn't even get on there. Couldn't even get on there. I mean, I was... 12 when I recorded my album, 13 when it came out, and when my life changed. So I, I dig social media right now, and I'm actually quite glad that it wasn't um, such a big part of my early teenage years because it must be so hard being a, a, so young, hard. a younger person and like feeling that that is what validates you. And being in the music industry is weird enough. So <laughs> It's already weird enough. Yeah. But so many kids, their teens are getting their, their self-worth from likes. 
yeah. and engagement and everything like that. Do you feel like your life would have been more screwed up? Not that it was screwed <laughs> up, but do you feel like it would have been much more harder to be, you know, a celebrity famous on tour, all this stuff happening as a teenager and... I think so, actually. Why didn't people like this? Or I need to be more sexual or whatever I think it is. so. I think, I think so. that if I was... Because it's really hard to not... I mean, to resist the temptation of reading all the comments yes. and seeing what, what the feedback is. So I think that if I was a young teen, like I was when I came out and I had that, it would very much shape how mm-hmm. I felt about myself and, and influence who I became. How do you feel about yourself now? I dig myself. Yeah. <laughs> Have you always digged yourself? No. No. There were times I did not dig myself. It's such a journey of, mm. I think because I had such incredible success at a young age, that gave me a sense of self that was like related to a number one and related to adulation and acclaim and applause and attention. And, yeah, yeah, all of that. And I needed to define myself outside of that when I was like tied up in a legal situation with my, my, rec- my former label to where I couldn't release music. And I wasn't shutting down malls anymore. And mm. I wasn't the most famous person wherever I'd go. Like people had surpassed me that wow. used to open for me. How and does that feel? It felt embarrassing. Really? I mean, there are other words too, but that's like the first one that comes to mind, if I'm just being honest. When you're the main attraction, when you're the lead, and then other people are just excited to be there and open for you, and then they, now they're the lead and you're opening or you're not even there. It made me feel awkward, embarrassed, and like, because I felt like my career at that point was out of my control. I I hated Mm. that feeling. So it made me just kind of want to retreat because... Because this, this is still a time when independent artists weren't putting out music on their own. This was like pre-Macklemore, pre-like mm. all these individuals who are having control of their music, right? This is pre-Spotify. So you, right. you really had to rely on the record label, I'm assuming. Well, it was unfortunate because I, I like wished that I could be independent at that time. But I was, <laughs> you know, contracts are legally binding. So mm. I like could not, I did not own my voice. I could not make decisions on what to do with my recorded voice. That's crazy. So I could, I could tour, so I, I stayed afloat doing that. I connected with my fans and, and it kept me feeling energized because otherwise I just felt so isolated, not being able to release new music. Um, so you kept singing the same songs. Singing the same songs. To the same audience sizes or smaller, intimate? It kept getting more intimate. Yeah. It kept getting more intimate and I needed to find the, Gosh. like how, really what I realized is that I have some ride or Dies. Fans. Yeah, some Super die, fans. die hard. Yeah. Yeah. But like you, you mentioned, independent artists weren't um, as as popping as they are right now. But I was able to do something that I took a page out of what I saw people in hip hop doing a lot more, and I put out mixtapes for free, mm. and I just put them directly on the internet, whether it was SoundCloud or was whatever. It Napster and, back then. Not Napster. I'm not that old, but it was definitely SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Yeah. So yeah. I had a few mixtapes, and I was able to speak directly to my fans that way. The for first free. one for free. The first one being called "Can't Take That Away From Me," which was a statement of just like, okay, label or powers that be, you can't take away this relationship that I built with, mm. with my fans and mm-hmm. music and my my love for it. And then agape, which means unconditional love. Um, and then a Love Joe series of just like a few songs here and there. Wow. Have you been to Agape? 
I haven't. The church? Have you? Uh, I've been there once, Michael Beckwith. Who's I love the, Michael Beckwith. He's amazing. He came on the show earlier this year and I went and watched it. And there's a. Oh, I have to hear that. I oh, can't believe I've heard that. Oh, it's mind blowing. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for what they do over there, but. Um, you should go sing over there. Oh, do they have? Like, oh, yeah. They have a whole choir and different performers come and sing. It'd be amazing for you. Oh, that's right up on my a alley. Sunday, it's like all soul food. That's right up just my alley. Just do some jazz or do one of your songs, whatever you want to do. You can just be creative there. That's cool. I'll make an intro if you want. Uh, please do. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. You have a song called Agape. I have an album called, a project called Agape because my dog's name is Agape. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> because I just love that word. It's a great it word. It means unconditional love. And that's that's what I feel for, for mm. music. I really yeah. don't care for the industry. It's just, it's mad yucky, but, yeah. <laughs> but I but love, music love music so much. Did you, when you were pre-12, <laughs> did you have this dream that this is the life that would unfold for you? Like you were going to be the superstar, your, your songs were going to be out there in the world, yes. and then there would be this control over you? No, didn't, didn't envision <laughs> that part. That wasn't but part you, of my vision. But you dreamed of like, I'm putting my music out in the world, my creativity. I was so... I saw it so clear in my mind. Really? It was just, I knew from a young age. I, I feel so lucky because some people don't know what they're passionate about. Oh, I never nice. had to really think about it that much. I had other interests. I liked dinosaurs and I liked, you know, cats and stuff. But no, like music was just always. Like I, when did you have that vision? Oh, as long as I can remember. I, like I could, four or five years old. Exactly. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to get my songs on stages. I'm going to be in I saw Mariah Carey performing God, so and just being so glamorous and exceptionally talented and I was just like I want to be a diva (laughs) (laughs) I wanted that I loved entertaining family friends who would come over and anybody who would listen you know Mm. if my aunt would go to the nail salon I would ask the ladies what their favorite songs were and I just always wanted to perform would you perform at the salon yeah really I mean we would go into um, I'm from south of Boston so I would ask my mom from the age of like seven, if we could go into the city, because I saw people putting out hats. Busking, yeah. And I would I would put out hats really? and, and sing on the street. I swear to God, <clears throat> I had my parents were not stage parents. Like I was a weird, precocious little kid. You would go by yourself or you No, would, no. Yeah. My mom would come with me. <laughs> would she film ever? No, we didn't. That'd be amazing if you had some footage. I know. I was such a fearless little girl. Wow. Because I think that's what it that's what it takes to especially have such an early entrance into it. Yeah. You just need to just love it. Did you ever feel like you were afraid after you became this? Yes. When did that happen? Yeah, fear came into my life, I think, um, probably when I was making my second album because I had so much success with the first one. Gosh. And it was just a difference of a few years, 12 recording the first one and then 14 recording the, 14, 15 recording the second one. But I was like, it's that sophomore thing mm-hmm. of how can I, I don't think I wanted to top it, but I, I wanted to have another hit. Match. And, and thankfully, Match yeah. yeah, and thankfully I did. We had a, a huge song with Too Little Too Late and that oh, took me that around massive. the world once again. And massive. and that was, that was dope. Um, but fear really like crept in after I turned 18 and I'm like, wow, look at the clock ticking. Like, mm. I feel like, at 18. I lost time. Yeah. At 18. Because I think I had seen so much from a young right. age that as I started to like not be the youngest in the room anymore, yeah. it just started to freak me out. And I needed to, it took me years to change my perspective on that and to not compare 
my journey to others. Isn't that interesting? I remember in high school, I was always on varsity sports teams as a freshman, sophomore. I was the young one. Right. Right. And I would always start, and I was the, always the youngest starter. So all the juniors and seniors would play, and then the young one. And I was one of the better athletes, so I was always kind of an all-star on the team at a young age. And I remember becoming a senior and having more fear because I didn't have, I don't know what it was, it was just like a cushion or something where I had to be the one to had to perform all the time. Yes. And had to deliver every time, and there was a lot more pressure on me. Because now you were an o, a young OG. And I always felt like the youngest, mm-hmm. but now I wasn't the youngest. Right, so now it's, it's not, it's also not as like glittery and exciting because there yeah. was like all this shine on you right for, for being the youngest. And now it's like, oh, I just need to be excellent now. And I gotta be better and better. Yes. I gotta reach this potential from a, from a young age. Yeah. So you have, how, did this, how long did this fear stay with you after 18? How many years or? Mm, a good 10 years. I'm really? just shaking it now. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just Did they turned... get worse? Yeah. Every year? I, I can't say it was every year, but there's so many ups and downs because I, I developed what I would call a situational depression that, that has, you know, that I've kind of ridden the wave of when I filed the, my lawsuit for the first mm-hmm. time um, against my record label so I could get the rights to my voice back and be able to continue on with my career since they weren't a functioning label anymore. So give people context for don't know what, what happened. Mm-hmm. How old were you? And I was 18 when I sued them for the first time because they um, were in breach of contract. They, we weren't able to, I had delivered se- several versions of a third album to them and there was just no... Um, they didn't want it or did they want to put it out? They didn't have the means to put it out. Mm-hmm. They didn't have distribution anymore and it was just... A whole bummer of a situation. I really thought that we would just ride off into the sunset together because mm. these were my father figures. They were my uncles. They, mentors. They were my mentors. So I never wanted to like, who wants to be in a lawsuit? That's, no. It sucks. It's so horrible. Um, tried to work it out for a while, but I was tied up in a legal battle with them for about five years. Mm. So at 23, That's I think, traumatic. was when I, I, took, I took a lot on. I, mm. I was like, what could I have done differently? Or, But it, it really did... I don't want to be over dramatic about it, but it, it was a bit traumatic for me. It's very traumatic. Because I felt so out of control and nothing's really in our control, but I was just so disappointed and so hurt that we couldn't make things work and like do all these great things together. Mm. Because all I've wanted to do since I was a little kid is work and perform and connect with people. And I felt like that was taken away from me. Mm. So I was very upset. Because you couldn't release your art to the world because of the contract. Right, right. And it, it wasn't just about creative control because I wasn't like putting a hard line of sand and being like, no, I want to make a, um, you know. A jazz record. Right, I want to do some left stuff. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't that. I was right. like, I'll, I was really down to try, um, at least from my perspective. Mm-hmm. So anyway, thankfully that is not going on anymore. Mm. But it created a lot of like agitation within me and upset. Mm-hmm. And, and again, like I mentioned, seeing people that had told me that I was the reason why they started singing and that they, you know, wow. grew up learning how to sing through listening to my songs and stuff and then seeing them reach the heights of their career really? while I'm, I felt like this caged bird. So you saw young superstars become megastars. Yes. And say to you, you're the reason I started this. Yeah, and that's wow. obviously like such 
an amazing thing to hear. It's inspiring, but you also want to see yourself Correct. I up wanted to the top to, too. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I really don't like being this <laughs> thing that like this kid that can't play in this that playground that I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was just not comfortable with being a afterthought. Gosh. I feel like Olympic gymnasts, I feel like, have some of the hardest lives who are like Olympic gold medalists when they're 15, 16, very similar to your situation. When you're on this global stage as a teenager and you reach the top. It's it's, like, where do you go? Where do you go for the the next 80 years of your life or whatever? It's like, I think that's one of the hardest things to overcome. I'm not saying it's, I mean, poor them for having a gold medal, but it's, it's a different type of adversity you have to face. Right, right. And it's it's not a... It's a first world problem, but exactly. the, inner, the inner, inner battles that you face are extreme when you reach those levels. But I think that the, the payoff that can come if you are able to like change your perspective mm-hmm. and have a new idea of what success is or just keeping your blinders on and saying, okay, so I... That's amazing. I've accomplished that, but what's next? Mm-hmm. Just not. Not focusing on the past so much. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it does suck. <laughs> One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game, or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company 
for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. What was the biggest lesson for you from, I guess, 12 to 18 when it was, you know, this explosion of attention and acknowledgement and hits and opportunities? What was the lesson for you during that time? And then what was the lesson from 18 to now? Hmm. Like as you're rising to the top and then as you're transitioning from figuring out, you know, this lawsuit to reinventing yourself to identity to everything. The biggest lesson in my teenage years, I guess, was you can't take things personally. I think mm. I learned that pretty young, that everybody's going to do what's best for them and things are going to make sense in their mind. No one's a villain in their own mind. Yeah. Like People are doing what seems like the right thing to them, in, in my opinion. And you just can't take things too personally. Mm. I think I, I did learn that. I also learned that- Did you take a lot of things personally? Yeah, yeah, because everything was about me. I mean, I was, <laughs> I felt like I was the center of my universe. I yeah. was, you know, I was not only like this young girl, but I was a product and I was a brand and um, a business. And, yeah. yeah. So it was just interesting to think about all that. But I also learned that people will say they love you, and you need to be able to use your discernment to realize when. Mm when that's true wow. and when it's not. I mean, it, I don't know if it's as much in your industry, but like, you know, you, you live out here in, in, in LA and people just love to throw that around and that can be a painful thing, especially when you come from a broken home yeah. and you want love and you want family. And, and you feel it as true. When they say, I love you, you're like, okay, this means something. Yeah. Deeper than just, I love you friend, yeah. friendly thing. Or I love you if, this continues to be lucrative for me or whatever. Right. So um, I guess that plays into what I said about like mm. not taking things personally, but discernment, like developing discernment, I think, from a young age. And I feel like you just have to go through heartache to experience and learn discernment. Yeah. It's hard to get <clears throat> be discerning without <clears throat> going through the challenges, I feel like. I agree. Without people hurting you or disappointing you or expectations not being met. I agree. you got to go through it. Unfortunately, you had to go through it at an extreme level of probably betrayal and backstabbing and who knows what. And then to answer your question, I think the, the lesson that I've learned like from 18 to now in the last 10 years <clears throat> is nobody is, you have to save yourself. <laughs> like you, you can change your story, you can change your narrative whenever you want. Mm. Like you can be, you can be a victor. You can mm. have victory over your circumstances and you don't have to be a product of your family of origin or mm -hmm. whatever cards were dealt to you. You can create whatever type of life you want yeah. and it can be amazing. Do you feel like no one was there to save you, you mean, or no one was there really had your back or it's going to help you? You had to help yourself? I do, I do feel like I needed to help myself. Really? Yeah. I think that maybe be, there, there was a lack of, I didn't feel supported in my situation. Like, by who? By friends, family, industry people? By more industry people. No. I think they, they just felt like it was this thing that I was never going to get out of. So really? they, they just were like, 
she's a smart girl. Maybe she'll go off to college. And um, wow. she it, had a nice run. Yeah. And we're on to the next. On to the next. And yeah. then the next young product. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Probably makes you feel a little used. I guess so. Yeah, it just made me feel. What is my worth mm. if I'm not wow. that? So how did you learn to create your own self-worth when people in the industry didn't think you were as valuable for a period of time? I had to, so much trial and error and introspection and seeking God in different ways. And I think focusing my energy in different places, whether it was like learning how to be in a relationship Mm. or... Um, exploring different interests of mine, or working on myself, becoming a student again of a voice, like mm. studying how to, how to sing properly for the first really? time because things had come naturally to me. I needed to be proud of myself in different areas. I needed to have little things that I could be like, okay, I'm making progress in this area. Mm-hmm. Or even like I, I was asthmatic as a kid and um, over the past few years I've like gotten really into fitness and wellness and now I can this is a, a thing for me now I can run a mile and that's, I, that's good and I eventually want to do a 5k and maybe one day right. do a marathon wow. like I have to just have these these incremental goals that um, that make me feel like I'm capable and mm. really whatever I put my mind to I, I can yeah see for young girls you know, teenagers or preteens in the social media world that deal with a lot of comparison, that deal with a lot of they're not sexy enough or good enough or talented enough, what advice would you have for them to develop self-worth throughout their teens and 20s? Comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. Einstein's, right? He say that, I think? I think so. Yeah. I, I love Einstein. It robs you. It robs you of joy. So much. We, we, we get to make a choice about how we see things yeah. and... I think social media can be really detrimental, mm-hmm. especially to an impressionable mind. And I'm I'm not um, I'm not above that. About, mm-hmm. Like I'm still have the capacity to be hurt by things and be you know have impressions laid on me. But particularly for younger girls, I would say turn off the comments. Maybe like mm. you cannot have your self worth attached to the number of likes you get mm. or to what boys respond to or what Mm. girls respond to or you have to find a way to feel good about yourself and how can they do that i know i know if you could go back to 14 15 16 jojo what would you say to her about developing self-worth that wasn't attached to accomplishments likes boys flirting with you all those things is it mastering of a new skill like like you said, is finding a goal and seeing yourself overcome something challenging. It's, it's it's like when you make a commitment to yourself about something, it's seeing that through, mm-hmm. honoring that. Um, being a good person, I think, is the most rewarding feeling. Mm-hmm. Being a good friend, knowing that you are somebody who people can rely on and lean on yeah. and making yourself proud though like I don't think that girls are really feeling proud of like sexualization of 
them of mm-hmm. like, I don't think that makes them, it's not going to bolster your, your self-worth. So whatever that might be, work on things outside of the exterior, whether yeah. it's you finding a, a hobby that you love or reading or religion, spirituality, whatever. Try to just really cultivate all the parts of you that, that make you unique because yeah. it's so much doper to be yourself. Like that radiates in such a wonderful way. When you get to know yourself, when you spend time in solitude, um, and I, as a teenager, you probably don't want to spend time no. in solitude. You want to be social and stuff, but you got to like who you are. And again, I, I guess I don't really have the, the best advice as to how to do that, but journaling is a great idea, a, a great stream of consciousness. See what's in your mind, and and it's okay what if, if some insecure thoughts come in, but you can take responsibility for that second thought and say, mm-hmm. that's not true. Mm-hmm. Comparison is a thief of joy. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, I, I still do it sometimes, yeah. but I really check myself now. Yeah. I pay attention to what thoughts are coming in my head and I, I try to replace them with something else. Really? Did yeah. you always do that? No. Did you just allow negative thoughts to kind of run your mind for a while or? Yes. And I've been on this, like a journey of trying to just consume inspiring stuff like your mm-hmm. podcast and, um, I love Oprah's Super Soul Conversations. I love uh, reading Wayne Dyer. I love Tony Robbins. I mean, Mm -hmm. all this stuff is are really great tools. And I don't know that I would have utilized it as much as a teenager. I think that just with time, I was just like, I really want to take more responsibility for my projection of like how I see myself and what I want for myself in the future. Yeah. So these are just tools that I've tried to adopt through listening to people who I respect, yeah, yeah. who have done great things, and I guess modeling what they're they're talking about. What is the challenge you face with being in an intimate relationship? As someone with fame and touring and opportunities, how do you navigate that, being in relationships? I can be a really great girlfriend, and I can also be very selfish. <laughs> you, almost, you have to be if you want to achieve something at this level, right? I think so. You have to be selfish to put time and energy into mastering your craft. Right. Touring, all the things you got to do. Yeah. So So there's periods of time where you've got to be really selfish. And that can be a challenge when you're trying to cultivate something meaningful. Um, (laughs) So how do you do it? I have made so many mistakes along the way. And I think I'm just learning how to be in relationship with myself. I Mm. think what was Emma, I forget her last name, but she plays Hermione, and she, she said that she's in a self, she's self-partnered. Watson, Watson Emma, there you go. Emma Watson, yeah. She's she, amazing. I love what she said about but being self-partnered. Said, she said she's in a self-relationship, she's right? self-partnered. It's amazing. Because I didn't trust myself in relationships um, because, so, so I'm single right now and I'm mm-hmm. self-partnered, but I didn't trust myself because I knew that I was, because of the insecurities that I was, that I mentioned a little bit, that I had developed and the anxiety about not being, you know, as desirable in the marketplace or whatever, I knew that I had the potential to seek validation through the attention of other men. Wow. And I actually... Because it feels good. Because it feels good. It made me feel high. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I would... Well, even if this was what I did, this just wasn't what I did, but it, even if I was sleeping with a bunch of people, which wasn't the case, it was just like I would allow myself to 
entertain mm-hmm. when, it, when it wasn't feel, appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I learned like that that's really not cool. It's right. not cool. It's, it's not something I can look at myself in the mirror and, and feel good about. Yeah. So how do I, how do I balance? I think, <laughs> so I'm sorry, FaceTime is a game changer, as I'm sure you know, being in a long distance. I was just in a long distance relationship for like 10 months and she just moved in. Okay. Like a week ago. Woo! Yeah, Christmas Day actually. Merry and Christmas. FaceTime was a game changer. It was like every day for, you know, a few times a day we check in for 10, 20 minutes or whatever. And I don't think we'd be together exactly. without FaceTime. Yo, thank God for FaceTime. Like, game changer. I was, um, I love to tour. I love being on the road. And it was really nice to, when I was in my last relationship, be able to like take him with me when he couldn't, you know, hey, be there all the time. Yeah. yeah. Here's my sound guy. Irv yeah, says, yeah, what's yeah. up? Like, you know, and just, he was able to develop relationships with my crew even mm-hmm. when he wasn't there. And that's so meaningful to me because I love to integrate my, my worlds, like yeah. my friends and family and my boo and, you know, all, all right. of it. That's great. Yeah. So do FaceTime you, is a game changer. Do you feel like in the future, I, I don't know, you've probably seen relationships with musicians, most of them not work and some of them maybe they do work. Do you have to almost tour with people? For periods of time in order to make it work or does that make it worse oh you mean if you're dating a person and you guys are like on a tour together do you need to be like if you're on tour for a year yeah and you only see them like two months or something is that going to work or does a person need to go on tour with you for periods of time if you're going to make this work like um, what have you seen with other people in the industry because it seems like most musicians don't work out in i know it's really tough are and there I, any i mean i don't even know to, to, jay-z maybe and beyonce but right right and they you know co-headline tours together they it's so ill i mean the, the fact sick. that they're able to bring their family with yeah, them they yeah. have their kids i mean that's that's ultimate goals but who else is married after 10 years i mean um faith hill and tim mcgraw it's really they, really cool they probably travel a little bit too don't they or no I don't know. I don't know what what their their touring life is, but I think that anything you really want to dedicate yourself to, if you're really committed to to it, you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. But I I don't want to go. I personally don't want to go six weeks without seeing my person. I can't go more than two and a half. It's about the limit for me. Two weeks. That's what I did. Every two weeks we would visit. I would visit Mexico City a lot. I was there 15 times this last year. Wow. See, y'all made it work. Made like, it work. And then she was able to come out towards the end of her uh, job. She was, had some time off, so she came to visit me more. But it's rough. After three weeks, it's kind of like... I know. Out of sight, it gets like... It can get really prickly. And like, then I don't like being on the phone. I'm like sick of I don't like being on the phone either. I don't want to be on long. I don't like being on the phone, but I need to feel connected. And yeah. I need... I need that skin-to-skin contact, too. I need to like be able to hold your hand and like... are Hug you, you. a real person? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that, like, when I think about my, my future, my ideal situation, I would love for them to be able to come out a few times. But mm-hmm. also, he you, needs to have a, his own, his total life. own thing in because life. Because if he's just torn with you and just there, I don't respect that. it's not sexy. It's, it's not, not sexy. You want him to have his own thing. Yes, yes. So you want to res- Respect is one of the most powerful things in a relationship. Yes. Once you lose respect, it's over, I feel like. It's true. And you respect someone based on how they're following their career or their dreams or how they're taking care of themselves, yeah. not because they need you. Exactly. Even if they establish boundaries and they're like, I won't be able to come see you because I'm finishing this project mm-hmm. or I have to be over here or whatever. Like, res- as annoying as it is, that's hot. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Sexy, right? Yeah. You're like, dang, go do and your thing. And it's inspiring. Yeah, go, go, go do your thing. That's cool. So it's, 
But until then, until that moment, <laughs> that self-partnership is something I'm really working on because yeah. I just want to feel totally comfortable with in this skin mm-hmm. and date myself. Like take my, you know, I take myself to go hear live music or to the mm. opera or I'm honoring what feels good. That's amazing. And that feels nice. I remember in my 20s, I was afraid to be alone for a long time. My I feel you. I've been 20s, a serial monogamist. Like, I needed stay. to be in a relationship or with someone like yes. constantly. And then there was a period of time where I just said, this is crippling me. Yes. It's crippling me like the insecurity of being alone. Yes. So for a couple of years, I said, I'm going to be alone for everything. I'm going to go to the movies alone, dinner alone, lunch alone. Wow, you took it to the extreme. And I, I do everything extreme. Yeah, it's <laughs> like I'm going to do this Wim Hof thing. And, right? <laughs> and it was the best time. The first few months was the most miserable. But then after six months, a year, I just wanted to be alone all the time. Yeah. I fell in love <laughs> with my my thoughts, with like just connecting with people out, but not needing a partner. I know, I think I know exactly what you mean. It's an um, amazing feeling. A few years ago, I started taking these solo retreats, kind of self-guided. And the first time I did it, um, I went to, I just went to the beach just right here, rented an Airbnb and was silent for the week. Wow. And just, no phone? Or? No phone. I was just journaling, reading wow. and listening to music. And like I got all my groceries and just like ate everything in, wow. just was in nature and it was a really, it was a gift to myself. And then yeah. I started doing that at least once a year. So I went to Sedona. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like my favorite place to go it's do amazing. that. And Joshua Tree. I love these places that feel real energetic. Um, but while I was making this this album that's coming out this year, mm-hmm. I was actually committed to not dating anyone and being abstinent. And really? just, I was like, for how long? For like 10 months. Wow. Um, because I wanted to prove to myself that it was all good. It was mm-hmm. cool to do. And I also think that um, may- maybe more so as, as a woman, or me as a me, I just didn't want to share any power with, with anybody mm-hmm. else. I wanted all my creativity and all my sensuality and all that passion to be channeled into music. I didn't want wow. it to be split up at all. How do you think it worked out? I think it's great. I love this music and wow. I, I think it was, it made me feel even more feminine actually mm. to not be with anybody and to like, I just loved saying yes to dates, but saying no to anything yeah, else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you go have fun and hang out and Yeah, it could be life. friends and yeah, stuff, yeah. but I just um, wow. really wanted to, to keep that to myself for a while. And it, I think it helped the music actually. Mm. I have friends who've gone years or months without God bless them. Uh, sex, right? And they always seem to create the most beautiful works of art in that time of channeling their energy towards that thing mm-hmm. and not spreading it around in other ways, whether it be sex or drugs or alcohol, right. like everything, right? I think it's really powerful when, when people can do that because you can create some great stuff. Yeah. I'm curious, when was the moment or moments that were the most powerful for you on stage? Mm. Do you remember like... I don't know, New York City or Sydney or wherever, you were just like, wow, it was electric. You came off the stage, you thought you had your best vocal performance, your best emotional performance. Mm. Are there any of those that you have? Yeah, there's a couple that I want to highlight. When I was a teenager, I was in Brazil. It was my first time 
like playing a, a stadium. It was a festival, wow. my first festival. Well, like um, 100,000 people, 50,000 people. Yeah, like a soccer stadium, Crazy. you know, so however many that oh my is. Gosh. And what was so moving for me was just the power of music and how, because it, it, it wasn't like Rio. It wasn't one of the major cities. It was a smaller, it was a big city, but it was a smaller city mm-hmm. where not everybody spoke English. And just to hear the audience singing the words of my songs back to me. Really? Yeah. like They didn't speak English probably. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I certainly don't speak Portuguese. I was just so moved that even like the, the deeper cuts um, from, from my albums, they were singing. I was just like, wow, music is so powerful, mm. bringing people together from all around the world. And it just feels good. You don't even know what it means necessarily. Like yeah. there's this artist, Rosalia, and she sings in, pretty sure she sings in Spanish and I don't know what she's saying, but it's just so Beautiful. good yeah. and so moving. And then a very special moment I had a couple tours ago, um, my father had just passed and mm. I was just starting a tour and I was just so devastated. I wasn't sure how I was going to put on any type of good show like at all. Cause I was just so fragile. I just wanted to cry mm. constantly and I have this song that's about my dad mm. that I was performing in my set. And when I did break down for the first time. On stage? On stage. How do you even sing it, right? You're like, I, I didn't sound good. I sounded like a, <laughs> like a turkey, like dying. And so I just took a moment and oh, the audience sang, sang it for no, me, to me. Not. Shut and it was up. just like out of a movie. Like I just saw Judy, the movie about Judy Garland. And I think she, she got choked up on stage and in the audience it, and someone was saying, that seems so unrealistic. I'm like, it's not, oh it's not gosh. unrealistic. It happened. Wow. It happened. And, and it's happened some... a few times. Like if, if I've lost my voice, if I've, you know, overdone it or something with, oh with the schedule and that's just, they'll sing it for you. My fans are off the chain. They wow. are so amazing. So I'll never forget that because I, I, oh they kept me going during that time. Wow. And I was able to, to finish the tour because on, during the meet and greets, they would come up to me and, and share their stories and the connection. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. In person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12 pack head to amazon and use promo code 20 pure leaf that's promo code 20 p-u-r-e-l-e-a-f for 20 percent off 
just the humanness. I just I love being, I love this human experience. It's so Isn't wild. Humanity amazing. Yeah, people are really beautiful. Beautiful people. I'm curious. So this was what, 15, 16 in Brazil? Oh. Yeah. And then 16, 17. What, 26? Yeah, with your dad. 25. So a 10 year gap, essentially. One is at the height of your career, one is at a low moment mm-hmm. in your personal life. What was the routine like on both of those days, if you remember? Like the two hours before or the morning of to have this massive experience in Brazil and also this emotional experience. So that was my first time to to the country of Brazil and trying to think of the routine. It felt very standard, you know, you'd go in for sound check, mm-hmm. you do your musicians are doing their thing and meet and greet and before, right? Yep, yep. meet and greet before doing your radio obligations and stuff. I I was much less I took like my vocal health a lot less seriously as a teenager because yeah, yeah. it just came to me. Yeah, it was like I can just sing whatever. Yeah, ten minutes to warm up. I and... didn't work out. There was nothing yeah. like that. So um, eat whatever, yeah. dairy. You're, yeah, exactly. I was just doing whatever I wanted. So my my preparation now before shows looks a lot different. Like I really like to hype myself up. I, I like to work out when I'm on the road. Um, I like to find a local coffee shop. These are just mm. things that ground me and make me feel happy. And I do warm-ups before, and then I warm down after, and that's just something that, because routine is important. And and because I didn't have like a normal childhood, I didn't really have routine. So I've learned about routines actually through watching other people, Mm -hmm. watching people on YouTube, like, what's your healthy nighttime (laughs) routine? Because I'm still looking at my phone, you know, I just had to like develop these things. But What's a non-negotiable for you? on a day of a performance? Non-negotiable is getting my heart rate up. Like a workout or? A workout is ideal, but even if I can't get a full workout in, I will watch something on YouTube and like mm. follow that. And even if it's just some push-ups and sit-ups, like I have to feel strong. Really? I have to feel physically capable. I physically have to stretch. Strong. Yeah, I think feeling physically strong because as a singer, it's, <clears throat> um, it's a muscular thing as well. And I just, just feel more powerful when I feel yeah. strong and agile and flexible. I tell you what, there's something about singing that when you, I started taking vocal lessons last year. As like, Who are ex- you training with? Someone out here? Uh, yeah. Um, gosh, what am I forgetting her name? Valerie uh, Morehouse? Is it Morehouse? Valerie. Is it Val? Hold on, I, I think I've seen year. her. Yeah, does she works with like she Sia. Yeah. vocal manipulation? Or maybe it's someone else. Oh, my gosh. But good for you. Are you trying to get into voiceover? Are you No, no. I just wanted to, like, challenge myself. Okay. Because I'm afraid to sing in public, and I, like, never do it. Ooh, I can't wait to face the spirit. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, okay, I want to overcome. Because I I think that building self-worth is when we, like, challenge ourselves on our fears. So every year I try to do something new that I'm afraid of or just, like, not fully comfortable or confident with. And singing has always been something where... I can play like campfire songs on you know, guitar a little bit and not that good, but I just never felt like I had control over my voice. And the more I use it on the podcast, like I start to lose it after a couple hours, like two or three interviews in a row, I feel like a scratchy. Yeah. So I was like, let me just go do some lessons and see what I can learn. And I need and to get back there. Strengthen those, yeah. those muscles around. So I need to go back and start doing it. I probably did it for three months and it was powerful because I recorded every session I have it on my phone. The first few, I'm like dripping sweat, so nervous singing to this teacher and then by the month three i just have so much more confidence mm. 
and poise and grace and control. Good for you for subjecting yourself to that when you, it's not like you had like something coming up where you're like, no. I need to prepare for this. No. That's cool. I just want to challenge myself. I love the idea of facing fears too because then it, it just, the way, if you do this in one area, you can do it in any area. So yeah. my friend asked me if I wanted to go skydiving and like, no, no, I don't, but like I should. Did and you do it? No, we were going to go. He's super <laughs> sick right now, but we're, we're going to go. I'm going to do it. You are? I'm terrified. But I want to do it because, you know, I just want to take that leap. That's scary. My girlfriend wants to do it so bad. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to do it. Why? I think it's. But you want to go climb the Alps with Iceman? (laughs) You crazy. It's just much more of a, I think it's just, um, it's a bigger risk of a fear. I feel like. Skydiving? There's more of a risk. What if it doesn't open up? And I also get really nauseous with like roller coasters. I get really dizzy. Seasick. You don't want to throw up all I just of yourself in the sky. Hey, here's the thing. I did. Um, I faced a big fear two years ago. I went on uh, Blue Angels, uh, like a Navy jet, which is like this, you know, we went like 6G, like they're going upside down. It's like a crazy jet in no space bubble with a pilot in front of me, like, a, like uh, from Top Gun, like a jet mm. like that. So I went in one of those. And it was the most miserable. I did it because it was a fear of mine. And it was the most miserable. You regretted it. For three days afterwards, my equilibrium was off. I couldn't. I was just laying in the fetal position because it took so much energy out of me. The dizziness. I threw up twice in the plane. It was just like, get me out. Well, and so you, I just don't want to put myself through something like that. I don't that. you. Yeah, you, you know yourself. You know what's not <laughs> going like to be worth it. like I tried it, you know, but I think one day I'm going to have to jump out of a plane. Otherwise, I, don't, I just don't want to die not trying it. I just don't know if it's this year. You also year. don't want to die trying it. <laughs> I don't it. want to die yeah. trying it. I want to do some more stuff in my life first. So we'll see. She really wants to do it. But maybe maybe when you do it, I'll be inspired by watching your video. I'm definitely hoping that there's a GoPro strapped to me and that <laughs> <Of course. laughs> when I pass out, it'll be chronicled. But um, but yeah, I just like want to, I want to face those fears and, and push through because I really believe in in pushing through. What is the goal for your new decade? You're about to hit 30 in a year. Yeah. And it's a new decade. It's a new decade in the world, and it's almost a new decade for you. Yeah, this is the last year of my 20s, so better make it count. What's the, what's the vision moving forward? You've had so much in your teens and 20s, ups and downs. The vision moving forward is to put out the best music of my mm. career and to touch as many people as possible wow. through my music yeah. and then find a way to to make things a little bit less about me in other areas of my life. I really want to get involved in volunteering really? and with, with charity. And uh, and I, I want to do it in, in a meaningful way mm. other than just singing at an event or lending right, money. Right. And I need to get clear on what that is. Mm. And, and for me, it's about making myself proud, mm. like I mentioned. What would it take for you to make yourself more proud? Well, preparedness is, is a big thing. And I, I, I love to prepare. I love to feel good about that. But like... I want to be impressed with my performances. I want to be impressed with my my voice, and I want to do everything I can to set myself up to to be happy with it because I am so hard on myself. You have one of the best voices in the world. How are you not Thank impressed? Thank you for saying that. I'm not. I am. I don't. You're not think impressed with your voice. Most times, I'm not. I mean, I will walk off stage and be like, God, why do I suck so uh, really? much? Really? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I just don't think about. Because I, I'm able to celebrate the greatness of other people. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, the voice on this woman and her stage presence and blah, blah, blah. Who's got the best voices out right now? Best voices. That, um, that you admire. 
I mean, all, all around, Beyonce is the strongest entertainer and singer of, that's alive. I just think she's so incredible. Wow. There are a lot of great voices right now. I think Ariana Grande has an amazing she's voice. amazing. I think there, I mean, my girl, Tori Kelly. Uh, Tori is unreal. Demi Lovato, Jessie J. There are some great, great voices. Jessie J, yeah. Sia. Yeah, Sia. So many. So I can just... When, when people are like, oh, it's, it's not a good time for music or people aren't singing, I'm like, are you listening? Because there's some dope stuff going on. Mm. So anyway, I want to be proud of what I'm putting out and I, I want the music to reach as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. So I want to tour more internationally, want to tour more here and continue to continue to make myself proud. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something at you and see if you're into it. Okay. Would you be open to sharing from your teens, your 20s, and now into the next decade, three different lyrics that define those decades for you. Ooh, wow. So from your teen decade, what's, a, like, what's like a sentence or a line from one of your songs or a song that you like in the world okay. that defines that decade? Then another song line or chorus or whatever for 20s. And then cool. your vision my for vision what you want to create, next whether this is a song that you have or a you know, Beyonce song or whatever, that's the next decade mm. for you. And would you be open to singing, singing them? <laughs> yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be the whole song, but just like a line or like a chorus. Or I would think that my teenage years were like, I mean, this song will probably never... It's always going to be with me, but mm-hmm. it would probably be get up right now because because I had to. I, f- I feel like that chapter was defined by that song, mm-hmm. um, and too little, too late as well. But trying to move away from it, and mm-hmm. then also having to actually like have that lawsuit and, and get things out of yeah. the way, and then for this current decade that I'm in, twenties, twenties. What is the what has that been? That has been like. Maybe a Joni Mitchell lyric. Oh, man. Case of You is my favorite Joni Mitchell song. I drink case of you. I got to sing. <laughs> still be on my feet. I would still be on my feet. What a Love song. Joni. Gosh. Her song with River, too. Oh, I, I would. Um, oh, my gosh. I wish I had a river. Oh, my gosh. Skate away on. I'm in my oh, She's so good. Wow. Maybe, okay, I think I've just like come to terms with, I, I love this lyric from Free Man in Paris, which is like, um, the way I see it, he say you just can't win it. Everybody's in it for their own gain. You can't please them all. There's always somebody calling you down. I do my best and I do good business. There's a lot of people asking for my time, trying to get ahead, trying to be a good friend of mine. But, mm, but I was a free man in Paris. I felt unfettered and alive. Anyway, it's about finding freedom, finding wow. your personal freedom, your, your personal sanctuary. For her, that's Paris. For me, that's Sedona, or that's like wow. driving to the beach. Just kind of realizing that people are going to do what they're going to do, but like you, you can put yourself in a bubble and, mm. and find freedom, even if you feel like a caged bird. Wow. You know? 
And my, my vision for the future would be... We will rock you. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The, the first thing that comes to mind, and this is probably silly, but it's like Beyonce... I'm feeling myself. Mm. I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling my. I'm feeling myself. <laughs> you know, I just want to want to continue to sink into who I am, and I hear that the 30s are even better. You know, as I'm approaching the end of my, you know, my 20s, I'm getting more comfortable, and I'm giving less f's, and I just want to, you know, I want that confidence. To, I want to keep riding that wave. Mm. I love those. Those are good. I love those. Thanks. <laughs> um, imagine. This is your last day on this planet, and you're a hundred and something years old, and your voice is even oh. better. Oh my man! It's it gets better every year, mm. and stronger and more feminine and powerful. Everything, and the entire world puts on headphones, and they get to listen to you for thirty seconds, and you have to sing something that would be a reflection of your entire life, or Something that you would want the world to to listen to you for the last time. <sighs> what would be something that you would sing that if everyone put the headphones on and they got to listen to you for 30 seconds in one moment of time and it's your last day, what would you want the world to hear? That is a really hard question. I want to have a, I want to have a, I want to say the right thing and really consider this. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe I would. I would want people to feel the love that I have for mm. for other people and for music. And I, the first thing that that comes to mind is um, the song I have from my album Mad Love, which is called Music. And the chorus is, it's like, Tell me who who would I be without you? No matter how much we lose every night, I bet my life on you. Tell me who, who would I be without you? Who would I be without you? No matter how much we lose every night, I bet my life on you. Mm. Who would I be without you? I can't disconnect my life from music and from how it saved me so yeah. many times yeah. that I would want to share with people the gift that music can be and just remind them that it's always there for them and that mm. even when you feel like you're completely alone or misunderstood, there is someone who has had the same feeling that you've had. Yeah. And that's one of the most powerful things about that's, music. That's powerful. What's your biggest fear going into the next decade? Not realizing my potential. Mm. Yeah, I think that's my biggest fear. What is your potential? Endless. Yeah. I know that whatever I really focus my energy on, I can, I can see to fruition. And it's just about getting really intentional and writing things down and following through. So mm. I guess it would be being too scattered around to where I don't really check all the bo- boxes and cross yeah. all the T's and dot all the I's and stuff. That's like the creative artist yeah, way, Yeah, because you right? get too excited about things and I don't... So hard. So I, I just want to see things through to the end. I want to finish. What would help you get to that next level for you in the next decade? Is it uh, the right team? Is it a skill that you take on for yourself? Is it... What is that thing, do you think, that's going to really set you up for the potential you want to reach? 
I think I'm um, on the right path. I think I'm equipping, um, I have a great team around me, wonderful, positive people who we all encourage and inspire one another. And we're all great in our own respects when I'm thinking about my managers and my agents and um, those who work with us and stuff. But I think that just strengthening my mind-body connection, getting deeper into my connection with, with God, spirituality, I think that that will help bring more clarity because sometimes I can get just excited about ideas but not know exactly how to how to execute it. So yeah. um, continuing to ask for help, knowing that I have so much more to learn mm. in, in other things. I'd like to be more of a businesswoman than I than I yeah. than I have been. Um, I have a joint venture right now, a partnership with Warner. Um, my label is called Clover, and. I want to be instrumental in other young artists' careers. Yeah. I want to maybe help them avoid some of the challenges that I've gone through. So I want to really walk the walk mm. and, and just be more about it, I guess. Just be more about it. Mm-hmm. Feeling yourself. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> uh, this question is called The Three Truths. So again, imagine it's your last day again. Okay. You're, you're, you sang your song, but now you get to leave behind three lessons that you want to share with the world. Three things that they would have to remember you by. If they had no access to your music, or content you put out there anymore, but you could share three things that would be your truth for the world. What would you say are yours? Everybody has their own unique gift, and it's one of our responsibilities in this life to find out what that is and cultivate it and to be as true to it as possible. So I would, I would say that, mm-hmm. that everybody has something very special and unique. If you're here, there's a reason why you're here. Yeah. So never question that, you know, just, just keep seeking. If, if you don't know and just follow what you're passionate about, maybe, maybe you'll find it in that. Yeah. Secondly, it's not the end of the world until it's the end of the world. Like you can always mm. dust yourself off and try again. You can always keep going, you know. Yeah. If you think there's a, there's a period, turn it into a comma. Like it doesn't need to be the end. Mm. And lastly, surround yourself with people who... Who light you up mm. like we, we can't accomplish we can accomplish a lot on our own but it's so much more wonderful to have people who um, you you're strengthening each other yeah. and if, if you're lucky enough to have even just one person who you can be honest with and who will hold you accountable I think that you have something that's really valuable something yeah. very priceless yeah. so don't compromise just to have a a friend in your life if they're not giving you that, mm. if they're not really building you up and believing in you and helping you be your, your best self. Yeah. yeah. It's great. I love those. Thanks. Simple but practical. I love it. I like practical stuff. I love that. How can we support you moving forward? How can we connect with you? The album's coming out. Yes. So I actually just did something kind of weird last year. I re-recorded my first two albums I because know. they weren't available on streaming. It's um, crazy. So... Go check those out in the meantime. They, I made them as close to the original versions as possible, and I just did it out of necessity because they're, they weren't there. So the, you know, the... 
The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all on its own. With a premium bang and a Lufsen sound system, and up to 313-mile range on a single charge, and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours today at Acura.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And I've learned the hard way that constantly holding on to your emotions and repeatedly choosing to not talk about your feelings will only make you feel worse and worse. And up until about 10 or 11 years ago, I was afraid to talk about my trauma that I experienced. And I know we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. But therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S. Producers and writers weren't getting compensated. I, nobody was making money really? from what wasn't there. So, so how, you weren't making any money from your those those songs. They weren't available for streaming or download. What about like for TV or film or no. commercials? Nothing. So you couldn't make money off of your IP. Exactly. That's crazy. Right. So now I own that, that the IP. The newer version. Yes, I own these wow. masters. And so you, you will be supporting me directly by um, <laughs> listening. By, by, by listening. And I mean, I, I love social media. I love connecting mm -hmm. with people. Like Instagram is probably where I'm most active. Mm -hmm. So follow me. It's I am Jojo. And it's the same on Twitter. I am Jojo. Um, and come see me on tour. Like that is where I feel. I want to watch you live. So electrified. I can't wait I for you come. to come. You, we will Bring my take care of you. Yes. You're going to do we'll it in LA so or? Fun. Yeah, do it everywhere. Okay. LA, San Diego, San Francisco. We're, we're routing tours right now. So Amazing. 2020, I just can't wait to get back out on the road. What, is that this summer coming up or when is that? Probably be spring, summer that I'll start okay, really so getting out there. Okay, so a few months. Where can they go for, to get tickets or learn about Honestly, that? Honestly, just, just follow me on social media. It's all there. there. I think yeah. it's much, I think that's the easiest way to yeah. do it. I mean, okay. like websites, like it's cool. Who but does? Like, yeah, yeah. I want to acknowledge you for a moment, Jojo, because you've been through so much emotionally. I just think it's really hard for a teenager to get that much fame and get that much success and attention and to figure out who you are in the process is very, very challenging. I feel like I'm 36. I'm still going through figuring out who I am. Too, you know, yeah. it's, but to do it as a teenager is really challenging. And for you to come out more graceful, loving, kind and human and not a negative bitter person is speaks volumes of you and your character so i want to acknowledge you for everything you've done to overcome the adversity the challenges the lawsuit the betrayal because i know how that feels and it's really dark inside sometimes especially on a platform of your size so i acknowledge you for thank you so much gracefully Lewis. moving through it and coming out on the other side in a, in a beautiful way Thank yeah. you. That made me feel so warm inside. Yeah. I received that. Yeah, of course. Is there any questions you have 
before we uh, do the last question? Any questions I Or anything have. you want to share before we do the last question? Well, I, as, we're, as we're having this conversation, I don't know when this will come out, but like, did you make any resolutions? What are you resolving to do? You know, I feel like resolutions are very challenging because I try to make uh, a resolution in a moment throughout the year, anytime throughout the year where I feel like something's stuck or off. Yeah, you can then do that I recomm- Then I recommit to a new vision. Mm-hmm. So I don't like to wait till the end of the year and just be like, I'm going to be sloppy for six months and then <laughs> yeah. now I'll start. So I think I started making resolutions before New Year's, you know, a couple yeah, months too. ago. But for me, it's, I'm, I'm in a relationship with someone who's Mexican. She speaks Spanish. She's learning. She's pretty fluent in English, but I've always wanted to learn Spanish. Since and I was now you in, have every incentive to do that. Since I was a teenager, I was studying it for many years, and I never picked it up. And I started salsa dancing hardcore 15 years ago. And I've toured all around the world to the best salsa clubs. Oh, wow. And trained with the best people for, like, street salsa, salsa club style, not ballroom style salsa, which is very different. That sounds fun. Very fun. And like you said, music has been a huge influence in my life. My brother is the number one jazz violinist in the world. So I've watched him growing up play jazz violin with Les Paul in New York City and the best song oh around the goodness. world. And um, my sister would sing Joni Mitchell on the guitar when I was growing up. My parents were opera majors at Ohio State. Oh my God, so I didn't realize how musical I, your background is. I learned guitar at 18 because I felt so ignorant to be the only member of my family not talented. Because it's a language. You wanted to speak it's a language. the language I wanted to a little at least bit. have some basic... You know, knowledge. I respect that. That's cool. Because I appreciate it and I listen to it a lot. So I have an, a basic knowledge, but I couldn't play anything. Like I took a week of piano and I was like, I want to go play sports. You know, it's just not my thing. So I taught myself guitar when I was 18. I started doing vocal lessons last year just for myself. And this year, it's all about Spanish. So I've been actively looking. And I know what I need. I need someone to come to me a few days a week and teach me. I've tried apps. I've tried going to places. I need someone to come to me for my schedule. So I'm looking for someone who can come and teach me that I can hire three days a week and get going. So that's one thing that I'm committed to. That's the main thing. That's the main thing. Health is always like a top priority, but it's just yeah. reevaluating constantly. What do I need? Yes. But it's always fitness and mindset. And then um, this podcast is so transformational for so many people in the world. We get emails all the time about... When someone listens, someone's going to listen to your story and they're going to email me in six months and say, you have no idea how that supported my life. And they're going to come back to me in six months and say, this one thing that JoJo said, I started taking action on. Mm. And six months later, here I am. Thank you. I mean, that's what I get from your podcast. Right. I was so, telling you that I you know, listened to your interview with Sarah Blakely. That's yes, her last name. Yes. Just so many Great tidbits. So right. she's yes. amazing. So the goal is to double this sh- the show size by the end of this year. Woo! That's the resolution. It's like it's been it'll be seven years coming up at the end of this month that we started this. We've reached 150 million downloads total on the audio platform, more on video. But the goal is how do we double the audience size by the end of this year? So that's like a mission for the business. It's wow. figuring out whatever it takes to be a ma- maniac on a mission for that. So that's the. How exciting. Yeah. 2020 vision. 2020. Going all in. So, and being in a new relationship, living with someone is, you know, learning that. Yeah. So just trying to, I think patience for me is like the big thing this year. Big one for me too. It's, you know, just. Because I want it to happen faster. I it's probably totally for you too. You're like, I want to be back mean. on top. Yeah. Right? I want to be back on top or I want to 
make this relationship work or whatever <laughs> it is. And it's, but just trusting mm. that you're doing all you can. Yeah. If you're impeccable with your intention and your word and all that, we can only control That's what we it. can control. That's so it. one day at a time, like I really try to live by that. I, I, I grew up being very close to AA, being very close to mm. people who were working the steps actively. So I feel like that's a religion in itself, it um, the, the 12-step program. So I think that, I mean, this is one of my favorite tattoos. God, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Mm. And patience in one day at a time is so essential for how we just continue. Focusing on now. Yeah. That's the resolution too, every yeah. day. Just being grateful for every day. So that's what I'm working on. Okay, I got one question left for you. It's what's your definition of greatness? My definition of greatness is is falling down and never staying down. Mm. Is constantly is resilience. Is just just an unshakable spirit of um, seeking and learning, staying open. I think. Growth is greatness. Yeah. Yeah, just keeping at it. Yeah. Jojo, appreciate you, girl. Thank, Thank you. you. You're the best. Thank you so much. Powerful. My friend, it's all about owning your story and committing to your dream. I don't care what stage of life you're in. This might be an upstage for you. This might be a relaxed state. This might be a stage of your life where you're you're declining, you're going backwards, and you're wondering, how do I get back to that place I once was? Wherever you are, I hope this message, I hope this story, I hope these lessons inspired you to keep moving forward and to not beat yourself up no matter what state or stage of life you're in. We all go through phases. We all go through seasons, and it's okay. It's natural to progress, to learn, to go up, to go sideways. You know, this life is not a linear life. And that's the beauty of it. So I hope you enjoyed this. If you did, make sure to text a few friends of yours right now, lewishouse.com slash 919. Say, hey, you got to listen to this episode with JoJo on the School of Greatness. Check it out. Post this on your social media, on your Instagram story. I know JoJo would love to hear from you and love to see who is following, who is connecting with her, who's engaged in this interview. So make sure to tag her on social media as well. I truly hope you enjoyed this. And I love this quote by Walt Disney. He said, first think second dream third believe and finally dare you know sometimes we forget to think and dream we forget to stay still and allow our minds to wander into an imagination state when we allow ourselves to have imagination then we can truly dream about why we're supposed to be doing what we're doing in our life and when we start to dream then we need to start to believe like he says We need to believe that we're capable. We need to believe that we can learn the skills in order to become capable to achieve that dream. And then the last thing, we must dare to pursue that dream. We must dare to put our voice out there, to let our voice be heard, to let our face be seen, to let our bodies move and experience our dreams fully. Just don't allow the fear to cripple your mind, to cripple your thoughts, to cripple your dreams, to cripple your belief and to cripple your ability to dare. Continue to move confidently towards your dreams, even in the face of fear, and allow yourself to see what magic you can create. I hope you enjoyed this. If this is your first time here, please subscribe. Please leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts, over on Spotify. And as always, you know what time it is. 
it's time to go out there and do something great. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, Brenda. It's Carol. Exactly. So which leg are we operating on? You mean arm. It's all connected. Asking the right question can greatly impact your future. Are you sure you're an orthopedist? Actually, I'm a Sagittarius. Especially when it comes to your finances. Do you have a question? Are you a certified financial planner? Yes, I'm a CFP professional. CFP professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist, you'll want to invite everyone over. From book club to reality TV watch parties, even the in-laws. It smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is infused with two times more essential oil versus regular Airwick Essential Mist for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is perfectly portable and effortlessly easy. The way fragrance should be. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.